Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. O'Neill, what what are you doing here? I mean, I was here Tuesday. You know, I thought Joseph retired, so I'm here today for the show. What? You moved it earlier. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm ready to go. I have to ask, and even not, you can just just be honest, okay? Is this like what you guys do every week? Like when it's noon, do you just come in and do a three hour pre show, or is this is Bob trying to steal my spot again? Because it feels like Bob. Well, I didn't retire, Bob. I just took a show off. One show. We do like a hundred a week, bro. It's not that big of a deal. I guess I was confused at what was going on. I mean, I thought you weren't going to be here today. Um, I'm yeah. surprised to see you at the moment. I, you being surprised, it surprises me. Very rare. <laughs> you see him on screen. Like, you showed yes, up I'm and here. you're like, hey, we're doing the show, Jeremy. And I'm like, huh? I know you did the Tuesday show. I get that. I appreciate you coming in and watching Brock Lesnar matches with me. But you saw Joseph on screen when you arrived here and you're still yeah. just like, well, we're doing the show, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I didn't know if that was like a live video of Joseph or you just like threw one up from your archives that you had and it's just, you know. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I thought it was kind of weird that before we went on air, like Jeremy and I just sat here and spoke and Bob just looked at us and I didn't know. Like I didn't know if he was going to stay here the whole time or like <laughs> he appears to just want to stay here, Jeremy. I don't know. Yeah, he, he just hung around while we were doing our usual yeah. pre-show meeting. It was very strange. Oh, no, you can do... I know we're we're earlier today, but like you can do the corner three at one. Do you actually have something planned for that? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about the Euros. It'll be good. Corner oh. kick. Get him off. Get him off. <laughs> and I said, this was for all pals and O'Neill. Starts a feud from the jaws of victory with the pop gun and the chubby cheese distraction. Hey, pop gun, we will fill. Hello, welcome everyone to The Distraction here on Fightful. It's three hours early, but we're here. Joseph, how are you? Wow. You know, I knew we were running the intro and I'd seen it, of course. 
Um, but even still, it was pretty thrilled to actually have it on our program that we run here. I remember we started this show, Jeremy Lambert, and I did not think anyone was ever going to make a musical rendition for us. Did you? It's pretty cool, right? It's pretty awesome. No, it's it's fantastic. Kylo Voss, uh, yep. good pal of the show, Patreon member, uh, just sent it to us. He's like, hey, I created this theme. And we were like, all right. I didn't know about it because I don't check the DMs on Patreon. You texted me <laughs> and you're like, did you see this theme we got sent? I'm like, no idea what Sean about those. Are. And I checked it and I listed stuff like, this rules. I'm going to put a video to it and this is going to be our intro every it's- week. It's wild. It's wild. Now, look, I have to apologize. Jeremy's very, Jeremy's a great pro. He's very flexible in these things. But I have, you know, I've messed up the whole week. Everything's in tatters. Momentum halted. We have, we have paying homage to Tony Khan by being preempted this week by my own plans. <laughs> Time zone, everything's a mess. But we do have a new intro, so that kind of, you know, softens the blow. We're talking about rest of the day. And here's the thing, folks. I'm going to be positive today, right? Last few weeks, Jeremy, you know, these non-Wednesday Wednesday dynamites have been brutal. This week, though, I'm going to close it out. This era. We've got another one maybe next week. One more. We're going to close things out in style. We're going to be positive today, Jeremy. I am anyway. We're going to be positive. Joseph, you want to start with some positivity? What were we talking about off air uh, with O'Neill about a certain social company and their social media posting? What, the old elite fleet? Yeah. It's replica belts. (laughs) (laughs) It's replica belts. We actually just had that conversation. They yeah. fucking rule. They rule so much. <laughs> and they did it. The best thing is they did it alongside that announcement that, like, they're going to say next week's main event, right? So it was like, oh, maybe they're going to do, you know, like a tournament. No, they're just, you know, <laughs> incredible, incredible scenes. Guys, we appreciate you joining us here uh, early uh, today on Thursday, three hours early. Send in your super chats like JJ. JJ sent in two. It's like the same one but I'll put them both up. Uh, JJ says, hello to my favorite big stars. Hope you're doing well. Uh, is this NXT unbanned Samoa Joe brings some life into the product? Love you both. And thank you. And then the, the same thing. He just added a question mark to is NXT unbanned. <laughs> is NXT unbanned, Joseph? And there's nothing that's banned anymore, Jeremy. I've told you, I, I no longer watch real sports. So I watch every wrestling show now. Um, no, look, I think it's worth Monday's show broke me because I just had a horrible time watching the takeover. And and it wasn't because it was a terrible show. It just was a dull show. Hey, man, they rebounded with that TV. Now, I think it's worth, and JJ set us up perfectly with that, I I think it's worth talking about the long-term sustainability of Smojo in that role. But as a one-off television episode, it was very, very good, right? So I, I I don't know if it should be banned, considering they probably had the best TV of, you know, their time on USA in some memory, right? I mean, I know they've had the big specials. They don't really count to me. This felt like an actual good episode of wrestling television. So, yes, they're unbanned, I guess. I don't know. Unbanned for this week, anyway. Um, I like the show. I really enjoyed the show this this Tuesday. I did the post show with, with Carlos Toro, and there was definitely a different energy to NXT that has been missing for pretty much since, I don't know, for like years now. <laughs> Like the, the energy just has not been there on this show. And I I've said it in the past, like I felt hoodwinked when they moved to Tuesdays into thinking that it was a great show. And really it was the same show that it was on Wednesdays. It was just more people were kind of talking about it uh, because they, they weren't going up against AEW. 
there was definitely a, a better energy to the show. Like we talked about the takeover show, that show, mm-hmm. that was kind of a miss. Um, there was a good energy with Samoa Joe. He just, man, he has that credibility and that it factor that just guys don't have. And so with him there, much better show. I'm with you. Is this sustainable? I don't know. We, we will see next week if they can kind of keep this upwards momentum. And oh, they're doing some good matches next week. Kyle O'Reilly, Kushida, Adam Cole is going to face somebody. So they got some good matches. Joe's going to continue to be there. But it's going to be tough to match the energy. And we've seen this from WWE, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen like, oh, we have a great show. We're, we're building momentum. And then the following week, it's tough to do week-to-week television, right? Like you got to, but you got to maintain some positive energy here uh, moving forward. It's hard. I think what you said is spot on about his credibility and such, but that's why it's a challenge, right? Is, you know, I I don't think NXT is a brand that's going to be growing in terms of viewership dramatically anytime soon, but to the fan that's on the fence about the guys on the roster, Joe just feels so far above everyone else. So I, I saw a lot of comparisons to Austin as the sheriff, right? In those early yeah. raw, um, early 2000 raw days. And obviously he's not Steve Austin, but in that setting, it's a good equivalent, I think. And it's a case of, well, you know, Austin kind of became the main character of those shows. I don't think NXT wants their show to be sticky enough and kind of wacky enough that the GM assistant man is the main character. I also think it was very bold that they had Joe do something physical immediately. Because then I yes. don't know where you where you go. So here's the thing. I think we should probably get into a conversation about Joe, a broader one, because the news round is such that we forget, since the last time we did a Thursday show, all of this has happened with Joe, right? I mean, literally, Sean got the first story. Boom, boom, boom. Everyone confirms it. He shows up on Tuesday. So we should probably talk about it in a broader sense. But as we're mean for NXT, they've got a great character on their TV show, which they needed, because they don't have enough of them. And, and when I say character, I don't mean like you know, light underneath entertainment. I mean, a genuine character you're interested to see what they're going to do. The problem is, as I just touched on, how do you sustain him as an interesting character without killing the guys that you're pushing as main eventers? I mean, he choked out Adam Cole like that. And Adam Cole is, you know, he's a top, top guy there. So it's, it's a challenge for sure. I mean, it's a worth challenge worth, worth taking on because he adds to the show. But it's, it's, it was an immediate effect, definitely. I agree with you. The energy was like, wow, okay, they've got something here. Where it will work for a long time, we'll see. I like that they had Joe get physical on the first show. I, I agree that, all right, so where do you go from here? I like that it just established, hey, if you're going to shove this man, you're, you're getting fucked. Like he's, he's, they said that if you, provo- if you provoke him, he's going to go after you. Adam Cole mm-hmm. put his hands on him, and so Joe you know, choked him out. I like that that was immediately established, and so the rest of the roster. We didn't see Gargano. Dunn just kind of stepped to him and everything. Like Nobody was messing with Joe after that. Like, oh, yeah, like he's going to kill us if we actually do provoke him. So I like that they established that immediately and made that a point. Um, as far as like where they go and can they – they teased a lot. So what do we think – as far as Joe actually wrestling, because they teased him against everything outside of like O'Reilly, because O'Reilly was smart enough to just a security guard, let him (laughs) choke out Adam Cole. They teased him in a confrontation with all five of the guys in the, in your house main event. Like, do we think Joe actually steps in the ring at some point within the next, let's say six months. So he, it kind of, again, as everyone knows what watches our show, we are not scoopsters, right? We're merely speculating. But it feels a little hit and hope to me 
in the sense that it feels like they're hopeful they can get Joe physically where he needs to be to have a match. Because, frankly, if they had it kind of, you know, locked in, Joe's going to wrestle, I just don't think you bring him in this way, Jeremy. And look, again, let me reiterate, I thought it was good television. But would you not just have Joe immediately do something across and go off of a program? Like it feels like it feels like this is a you know a way to slow things down, delay things until Joe's ready. In fear of being overly speculative, Joe just take, being back in NXT tells me it feels telling in terms of where he's at physically, right? I mean, it, this feels like, and, and I say this with absolute nothing but love in my heart for the man. I wish him the best, but it feels like the end of Samoa Joe as full time wrestler, which I think we kind of you know we assumed. But this really does. This move in his career feels like a kind of a resignation to where he's at physically. I think we're going to get him wrestling at some point. When I say wrestling, though, it could be a whole lot of smoke and mirrors. And it could just be a way to pay this off without having Joe do the match that he probably wants to. I don't know. What do you think, Jeremy? I, maybe I'm being too negative or pessimistic. This feels like a kind of clear marker. Like, Joe may do some stuff. He's not like the, the clock ain't turning back. You know, I love the man, but it, it's over. I think if he could have gotten cleared elsewhere or if he was cleared elsewhere or if he had a desire to do a full-time thing, he would have left, right? Like he he would have absolutely left and gone to AEW, gone back to Impact, gone wherever where he could just wrestle that full-time schedule. So I don't think either he, he's not going to be cleared full-time or he just doesn't want to do the full-time schedule. I don't know which one it is. I do think he wrestles at some point within the next six months, though, because they teased a lot. And I don't think they're teasing all this stuff if they don't intend on paying off something. I'm with you. Like, how much is he going to be able to do? I I don't know. But we've seen, it. granted, it, it took them. I mean, Joe's been out for, let's say he comes back in six months. It'll be almost two years since mm-hmm. since he wrestled. So, like, we, we've seen Edge, Christian, Daniel Bryan. Like, they all miss significant time. And then they come back. We've seen these comeback stories. I, I have a hard time believing that we've seen the last of Samoa Joe in a wrestling ring. And that's actually a very good point because, I mean, how old are the Edge and the Christian men? They're both five, six They're years both. older than Joe, right? Yeah. It's, you know, that's a, that's a long time. Like, I think it's a good point. There's a very good chance that this is Joe's just, in fear of being like overly kind of cynical about it, is his best route to a paycheck while he tries to figure out where he's at physically. You know, because to be clear, I'm not saying that I expect him to post on social today or tomorrow. I'm done, you know, but it just feels like a kind of confirmation of where he's at now. I mean, it's a very good point on your part. The bit that concerns me, obviously, is, as you pointed out, Jeremy, he hasn't wrestled for. So it was January last year. It's already been a long time, you know. I think and, it was February. I think it was February of last year. There you go. It was around because I remember he did the Rumble and it, soon after that he was out. It's... Yeah. um. You know, we've, I remember, there, man, there were stories about Joe dating back six, seven, eight years ago about like how physically beaten up he was. I mean, he wrestled yeah. a certain style when he's a big guy. You know, I mean, you could, if people that watched him could see how much his knees kind of bared the brunt of that. So he's been a great pro wrestler. I, I must say, look, we joke a lot. People can make whatever decisions they want about in their wrestling career. Like, I don't, it's obviously not my place to say. As a fan, I want guys to go certain places. I think we're allowed to do that. You know, I think we are. Joe is a unique case, though, and I think it's, it's very important. Like, I don't, don't want to disparage Alistair Black. If Alistair Black goes back, good luck to Alistair Black. However, decision-wise, to me as a fan, that would be like, oh, man, they really didn't get anything out of him as a character. That's frustrating as a fan. 
Samoa Joe, like, look, could he have won the WWE title? Yeah. He got treated pretty well in WWE. I completely get him being like, sure, I'll go back. You know, like, he, it's not kind of, I, you know, I wish he'd have won the big one, 100%. But he was a top guy for much of his run, right? Like, he, they know how great he is. Triple H clearly knew how great he was. He, just Samoa Joe, in many ways, he's the guy that changed that whole brand. He was one that fully made it a kind of super all-star indie show. So I, I completely get it for Joe, and I, I'm not a big fan of seeing the kind of, uh, you know, you see little stuff here and there, and it's like, look, man, Joe's a unique case. Let him go and make his money. He's, th- he's done his art, bro. He did his homecoming Ring of Honor shit six, seven years ago. Like, he's fine. I'm I'm happy with whatever Joe wants to do. Joe's a guy that I've enjoyed watching over the years, a guy that I root for. Yeah, would I like to see him do a full-time thing in, like, AEW or something? Sure. But if that's not what his desires are, then – that's not what his desires are. I'm happy that he's going to be seemingly on weekly television. If he wants to wrestle a match, hopefully he can get cleared and wrestle a match. This is a good role for him, though. Like mm-hmm. he he's not he doesn't have to travel. He can just stay there. Uh, he's probably getting paid good money. I don't know if he's getting paid, you know, what he was main roster and everything. But I imagine Joe has always talked about money, and he's got like an accountant and all this stuff. Like he's very smart outside of uh, outside of wrestling. He's a, he's a businessman. We've made that joke, but he he's a businessman. Um, so I'm sure he's getting paid well on this NXT deal. It's a good role for him, right? He's going to be on television mm-hmm. weekly. You just do. He can cut some promos and everything. He can beat people up when he needs to. I like that it keeps Regal on television too because of yep. all the issues in NXT. Like William Regal being the general manager was not one of them. He he's been very good in this role because for the most part he just kind of stays out of the way. He he's great at you know anything you kind of throw out of him, whether it's comedy, whether it's serious, whether it's showing emotion. He's he's great at that stuff. So I like that Joe is just like an enforcer instead of the actual GM. Oh, I agree. I, I want to circle back to to Regal because I think it's worth doing a bit more positive about NXT. But one question, and again, pure speculation: Do you think Big Show, Paul White, Tall Paul? going to AEW in the role that if Joe can't currently get cleared, he would have taken an AEW, meaning commentator that may eventually wrestle. Do you think by any chance that limited his chances of taking an AEW gig? Because what I'm saying by that is, I mean, you look at Paul White and now Mark Henry. Perhaps if those guys are not signed and he goes to a Tony Khan and says, I can't get cleared, but I'm a color commentator until I can be. Do you think there's any chance those pieces of the puzzle change things because i was was talking about this for a friend it's like they've just signed two older guys that are probably not going to wrestle (laughs) you know and it's like in an ideal world maybe you prioritize joe over a paul white but you know that's not how things work right it's it's a weird one i maybe tony khan can just create another show uh and joe can joe could have been the commentator for that one right like that's true they should have done (laughs) you're right now i I did want to say i want to sell back to regal NXT's look and aesthetic and style and all that stuff has been a regular, like, Rudy Gobert-style dunk victim, right? You know, I won't even say that. It's, it's been a laughing stock like Ben Simmons at the free throw line. There you go, fuckers. Okay, I did that. Let's feel that better? Okay. Anyway, so they've been everyone's clowning it, right? It looks like shit. It's dark. It's moody. You know, and I've done it. But that segment with Regal was a reminder of, like, studio wrestling can be really cool. Because I know this is a wrong point to make in a pandemic because every show is basically studio wrestling because there's no one fucking watching these things, you know? But at the same time, like, you can do things in a small 
setting like that that are really personal in a way that you could never do in a major arena to me. Like Regal coming out and just sort of like talking to the people and being like, man, it's been a cool ride. With 400 fans that like many of them, let's be real. I mean, they're not as enthusiastic as they once was. They've actually been on that ride with Regal, right? Like yeah. it's, it's a similar crew. It was a reminder to me of what Full Sail now, you know, where they do the PC. But that, that dynamic of a wrestling center. Sorry. Joseph. That dynamic of a small setting that's permanent. It reminded me of how effective it can be in the sense you can create a very different kind of show. It can be a negative in the wrong person's hands, but man, you could do a you couldn't do that in a major arena. You know, there'd be people wanting it every turn. That felt like a genuinely personal, like authentic him talking to the people he's, that have watched him do this job. It's a matter of NXT presenting their show in a way that does that more rather than trying to be as grand and, and bold as Raw and SmackDown in a smaller setting. So that did come to my mind, but that was a great segment, right? One of the year's best segments, I honestly think. The Regal Joe, other guy stuff. <laughs> other guy. So, did, did you think he was a heel in that segment? He's a heel. Yeah, he's a heel. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say, I want to make it clear. Jeremy and I thought he was a babyface, and we were right. We were not wrong, but they turned him heel after he got booed. Yes. Oh, 100%. This is the heel turn for Karrion Cross is coming yes. out and interrupting Regal. Going into TakeOver, he was definitely the babyface. Yes. We, we will never be wrong on this. No. The information simply changed, and now we realize what is the new right. We will now be right again. So, yeah, I, I wanted to make it clear. But yeah, NXT was good, man. I have, the one thing I will say is, and this is not me doing, like, in hindsight stuff, I said beforehand I had no clue why the grizzled young vets – Champa Gargano, Champa Fetcher match wasn't on TakeOver. And I was like, you know, why? This feels like this would make the show a lot better. Fair to say that would have helped TakeOver, right? I mean, granted, they needed a TV main event, but like, dude, that should have been on TakeOver. That match was tremendous. It definitely should have been on TakeOver. The problem is if you put that on TakeOver, then, I mean, look, they could have thrown anything on there as a TV main event, but you would think the, the match that gets bumped is Mercedes and Zaya. Like, that ain't. That ain't a TV main event. You ain't closing that show with Tian Shah doing the Tongan death grip toss uh, to, to Mercedes Martinez. So I think it, it, it should have been on TakeOver. It was certainly TakeOver worthy, but it, it served its purpose as the TV main event, though. And I'm looking forward. I assume the direction they're going is MSK against uh, Ciampa and Thatcher. I'm looking forward to that. That's a great styles clash right there. I mean, I think Champer and Thatcher are a great team already. I think Thatcher is just like, he's a cool thing, right? I mean, he, and I understand he's not like a mainstream crossover guy, but he's a, he's a neat kind of bit of variety. When we say variety, we so often mean it in terms of characters, but like he's an actual stylistic one. I will say, though, that point you made, do you remember what the post-takeover episodes of NXT used to be, Jeremy? Because I used to review them. Do you remember these shows? It used to be the matches they would tape. Right, um... and they would just like splice highlights in. Yeah. Right? Remember? yeah. I was writing, as you know, Jim, I was writing about, you know, the wrestling world in 2016 because you know, I'm working on a project and I was writing about it. And I realized NXT, for all of the strengths that we talk about that were like wrestling based, right? Guys would cycle in and out. They did their one hour, all this good stuff. Dude, NXT benefited from not having any of the pressures of a normal wrestling promotion. No one knew their ratings because they were hidden on the network. They could put out the most like lackluster stuff and it'd be like, eh, no one really talked about it on Twitter that week. That was the only difference, you know? It's so interesting to me, the idea that like, what you just said is 100% the reason they did what they did. They needed a TV main event. Back in the day, bro, they would have run Zia Lee and Mercedes eight minutes and then a highlight package to end the show. Yeah. You know, they were actually, they were kind of insulated from any kind of objective criticism or metric because they were just in their own little bubble. They could just be a product. 
it's different. And I think it's important. I, I think, I definitely think creatively they've lost their fastball in some ways. It's also, we always have to remind ourselves, man, they are playing with a different set of cards right now. Not just in terms of talent. The talent's very similar. The the presentation, sorry, the pressure and the expectations are a way different thing. It is very interesting, that kind of contrast. Well, they taped a, a women's tag team match before TakeOver, and then they just released it for free on online. Mm-hmm. But yeah, be- beforehand, like years ago, that would have just been the post-NXT show. They would have shown right. that match. They would have shown another match. They would have shown a bunch of highlights and some exclusive backstage interviews and stuff. And that would have been the fallout from, from the TakeOver episode. They definitely benefited from not having that pressure. It, it was such an easy watch back mm-hmm. then because like, it didn't matter. I, I think we've talked about it, but I used to just binge the shows. Like right. I would stack up four or five shows, watch them all during a weekend, and that, that was that. But yeah, now it's it's a different world where they're on USA Network. They have the lead in from Raw. Everyone's paying attention to the six hundred thousand people who want Karrion Cross as the champion, and it, it's different. It's definitely different, Joseph. The business has changed, though, is what people tell me and what I famously said on like our first show. Yeah, I was uh, honestly, man. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to schedule the show, with Jeremy, and I'm making a mess of it, and I apologize to everyone. I do, but. So I said, Jeremy, I was like, can we tape early and then run it <laughs> at three? Because then you guys can enjoy. So Jeremy's like, no, we need we need live. And I was, I'm reading it, and I'm like, this, it makes sense to me. Like, I'm cool either way. You know, Jeremy's changing his day for me. But it did pop me, Jeremy, the thought of, like, when we first did our live show, when we did the trade deadline, it was like we were going into, like, space. You know, it was like we're doing a live show. This could go any which way. Jeremy, now, I suggested the tape show. He was like, get the guy out of here. Get that soft shit out of here, Joe. We're going live. I don't care if it's at noon, midnight, or anything in between. We're going live. I respect it. But there you go. That's the NXT tour. That was positive, right, Jeremy? That was positive. NXT officially unbanned? Is that where we're at? Unbanned. Take that, Paul. We're going to watch anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Do we want to do an NXT chant? Do we have glass the back? NXT. Oh, that's horrible. They've got to stop doing that. It's very annoying. Can I? I have another NXT. NXT. There we go. I have another victory lap take. Dude, LA Knight is good, man. That was a great segment. That was a great. I I will give him a lot of credit for that segment. I'm still like not my cup of tea. I'm still not a fan of like his in ring work. That finisher looks horrible. It's a garbage finisher. But he's always been a good talker, and that was a great segment. I, I I liked also uh, Cameron Grimes is is stupid music. I love his music. It's not stupid. His music didn't hit right. when he came out. He just ran yeah. down and he's like, "Let me save this guy." Not a production man. Cue up my music. Mm-hmm. It was good. They actually like shot a good angle there, where both yes. guys really like lived it, rather than just like this is when the wrestler man runs out. And how right. many good saves do you see? It's just like oh, it's, that you actually felt that one. The crowd did too. The people like that program. I don't think they liked it when LA Night won on Sunday. But there's at least like a sort of rivalry there. I I don't know if Ted's going to be on TV anymore. Bless him. a good bump for his age and not bumping. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, his music rules. So what are you going to do? He can always do the laugh. He's always got the laugh. Do you like the thing he does where like when he doesn't have a microphone and like the way they might show you can't even hear him laugh, he just puts his hands on his chest and puts his head (laughs) back. It's like, I assume Ted is laughing now. You know, he just goes... It's like, there he is. Ted's laughing again. <laughs> uh, that was a great angle, though. It was a good show. I hope they follow up with it. Like, I hope they follow up with it with more good shows. I, I got to cover this show. 
It's the one show, at least right now, that like I actively have to cover. So I want it to be good. I don't want to dread Tuesday night where I'm like, oh, fuck, I just watched an hour of power. And now I got to watch two hours of NXT. This is horrible. Yeah. This is god awful. It's not. I don't think it's going to be anything groundbreaking. I think they're trying to do something with that show. You know, I, God only knows what. I feel like they know they've got to try. Like, it, it can't be lost on them that this takeover cycle they just did was, was a weaker one. So, I don't know. I intend to watch it too, man. Like, look, I've said this before. We've dunked NXT way too much on this show, and it's been hilarious. But, like, I would rather watch it than the main roster shows. Like, just me personally. Like, it's, it feels a lot more wrestling to me than those shows, which at this point in my life I do appreciate. So, there you go. NXT, folks. Half hour of positivity. Take that. But Ryan sends the Super Chat says, I'm confused, but still here to support. What are you confused about? The time, pal. Here. The time? It's 3 o'clock somewhere. Uh, sending all my love to Alex and Joseph, who had some tough Game 5s. Have a great day. Thank you, Bud Ryan. Game 5 sucks. <sighs> We're doing that now. Should we just do it now? Do you want to do it now? I mean, oh, it's, not we... long. it's not going to be long. I, I should have an announcement to make. Is this going to be like the transition from this into our Hell in a Cell preview? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. what it's going to be. <laughs> um, I'm never going to watch sports again. I hate Fair. it. It Fair. actively ruins my life. Fair. I hated wrestling until I watched the Sixers play last night, and now I'm not going to stop sign up to like stardom and shit just so I fill my day <laughs> with stuff that isn't as painful. But like, I'm done, guys. I'm sorry. I think I do a good job on here. You could back me on this, okay? I'm not like a super arrogant sports fan, right? Like I'm, I'm always very cautious. I know my yes. Sixers are losers. I know. Yeah. That. To impress me in terms of how great of losers they were was a feat because I knew they would fuck that lead up, but I never thought they'd lose it. And not only did they lose it, they lost it in like sort of in the end, kind of in fake fashion, right? There was not even like a sort of any drama to it in the end. Um, I don't want them to. I don't want them to do anything else. I want them to just lose on Friday and die. No, not literally die, but like explode. As a franchise, that is not the players. I'd rather the players live. They seem like nice guys. Um, at some point in life, when you're looking at Ben Simmons walk to the free throw line, <laughs> and you just sit there and you look at his life and you look at yours and you go, "I'm worrying about this too much," you know. But I'm at this juncture, Ben Simmons. You just make the free. I don't care. Just do what you want. I accept my fate. I'll, I'll suffer. It's fine. Joseph, do you think uh, we can trick? Uh, a general manager into paying us the combined like hundred million to to just not score the basketball in a second Maybe. half. Dude, the thing Ben Simmons doesn't even shoot the basketball, and, and when I say shoot, I don't mean like three pointers. I mean like go to the rim. He's he's retired. He doesn't do it. He just sort of walks around. I don't know. Look, I love Ben Simmons, bro. I only hit dunk, but every Ben Simmons defender last night is like it's over. Yeah, he should though. That's the thing. <laughs> he should. <laughs> All of, every Ben Simmons defender last night was like, "That's it, it's over." You know, like to the you know you've you've been here, Jeremy. I know you can appreciate this. When you reach that terrible point where it's like just loose, we can get this over with and stop. Yeah. That's where I'm at now. What we get for Ben Simmons at this point, I have no clue. But again, I don't care because I'll no longer watch sports, and I'm now a professional wrestling purist. Speaking of such, hell in a cell. Let's preview it. <laughs> Do you know what's on this card? No. Yes, you do. Don't lie. I know the bit, I know the main event, which I have a victory lap take about. I don't know what the rest of the thing is. Come on. I could I probably hard. Okay. I know that the raw title matches are Charlotte and Rhea, Bob and Drew, because they are always the raw title matches. <laughs> <laughs> that will never change. So I, I know that. Um 
Uh, and I know them, obviously, Ray and Roman. I don't know what else is on it, to be honest. Do you know the SmackDown women's title match? Bailey and Bianca again? Yes. <laughs> do, you, do you know the one non-title match that's on this show so far? Yes. JJ has spoiled it for me and reminded me of that. Yes, Alexa <laughs> and Shayna. <laughs> Not ideal, hey, but, you know, it is what it is. Take your victory lap with uh, Roman and Ray. You bullied me about this a couple months ago. Do you know that? I didn't bully you. I just didn't. It was very nasty. I cried. (laughs) I was naming. I was. (laughs) I was naming people that the big dog, the tribal chief, Roman Reigns could wrestle. And I was like, Ray Mysterio. And he was like, (laughs) You did the Ted DiBiase. You held your car and you you laughed. And I was like, Wow, I like Ray Mysterio. But he's. It's happening, man. I'm fine for it. I will say, I don't really like it being in the cell. Like it just to me, it's just like. It adds shit that them two don't need. Two great pro wrestlers that I love. But that angle they shot, I thought, was great with Dominic. Like, I just liked the whole presentation. <laughs> I really did like it a lot. You know, I think right, I, we say it all the time, and I, I hope it will do it because I know that there's a, a big portion of the audience that only watches this show and not our Twitch stuff. It's like, we're, Jeremy and I are in on the road and stuff, right? Like, look, the pacing and stuff, you say, well, but like, dude, it's good shit. And you put Ray in the mix, Ray's one of the greatest baby faces ever. I'm, I'm in that, that backstage promo he got on Friday was yeah. great. And even the promo mm-hmm. in ring was very good. He does that at some point, And it may not have been a decision he made. It may just be like the uh, lifestyle he has chose. But like at some point his voice just went down like 155 octaves, right? He's like, it's like all the time. He talks very much like this. He's old. Joseph? But you feel, yeah, that seems generous. Clint Eastwood um, used to, you know, he used to have more Clint bass in his voice. Then he got very raspy. He got no, old. I feel like you're being generous. But okay, yeah. I, it made him a better promo. <laughs> it did. Because you know? he's been doing this for when Paul Heyman was on Book and Raw and he was cutting those promos about retiring. Like They were good too. Ray's just, he's one of them guys that like, we do this all the time because we're all losers and we pretend every rest is great, but. Like, appreciate Rey Mysterio, you know? Like, one of the most significant, influential, groundbreaking, brilliant professional wrestlers to ever live, you know? He's probably better than your fave. Seriously. He's a, I mean, he is a titan of the game. Appreciate him because he's still doing it, man. Like, I think he's still great. Will this match reach its ceiling? I don't think so because I don't think that's what they're going to try and do. I think they're going to try and have Roman really, you know, emphatically beat him. But, like... I'm cool with that. Just let me see it. I want to see it. Like I, I watched the, the Usos match they did with those guys, and um, I thought it was great. It was just great to watch Ray with guys that good to me. You know, like I enjoy it. I, I've said it before. I don't get emotionally invested in this stuff anymore because it hurts me. Like it's very similar to the Sixers thing. I don't want to do that. It's wrestling. Just watching it as like here are great wrestlers wrestling. Ray is still one of my favorites in that regard. Like I loved it. I'll, I'll happily do it with Roman. It's gonna be tremendous. I think it'll be a great match. I'm worried that it gets a little too long and melodramatic as like, cause the last Roman hell in a cell match, that thing felt like it took forever, just unnecessarily. So, and I worry it's going to kind of be the same thing like this. I also worry that like the finish is going to be similar to what we've had before of like Roman's just going to beat the shit out of them. And like Dom's going to come in and like throw in a towel or something. So I, I hope that they, it doesn't need to go too long, right? Like there's Ray ain't winning this thing. We all know Ray's not winning this thing. You can get the you can get the virtual pop for a near fall or something, but 
Ray's not winning. So you don't need to overextend this to like a 20 minute match where Roman is just going to like keep talking and stuff. It's a mixed messages deal where I think Roman's recent length of title match, I agree is too long for Ray. I actually think they could do a 15 minute match and be fine. But I will say, I do think Roman has toned down the talking a little bit. So I'm, I'm optimistic that won't be too much problem, but I agree with your point, Jeremy, the head on a cell, you know, it was a factor, right? Last time it was much, it was a little much, but the Cesaro match and the Brian match, which are the last two kind of big title matches I remember him having, I didn't think the talking was as... I mean, he did trash talk, but it felt more kind of within the match's pattern rather than yeah. like, let's stop and do dialogue, which no, I want to be fair. I mean, the first time they did it with Jay Uso, I thought it was great because it was different to me. Went to the well a few two, times too many for me, but like, I, I'm confident. At the end of the day, wrestling is very simple. And here you have, you know, probably the top heel in the industry against one of the greatest baby faces in the industry's history. Like, we should be in safe hands here, right? This, this can't really, this can't really suck, can it? Does Dominic take a stupid bump in this match? And maybe they gimmick the bump. They, they probably should. But does Dominic take a stupid bump in this match? I feel like maybe I'm being an idiot. I am, but I feel like there's a chance there's no shenanigans. <laughs> is this, is this outrageous? I feel no. like the cell, like you you just did that deal with Dominic. Because you're not going to continue this feud, right? Like it's a it's a bridge, isn't it, really? You've got to get Roman for another pay-per-view. Yeah, so, but like, what are you doing with Roman at Money in the Bank, though? I mean, that's first, like, that's first uh, pay per view right. back with fans and everything. Like, you can fans pop for uh, Roman and Ray in front of an actual live crowd and everything. So, my guess would be it will be a triple threat with um, Cesaro and Seth because I think they want to get to Seth and Roman in the end. That's it's very strange that Cesaro and Seth, at least not yet. Maybe maybe it gets added tomorrow night, but it's very strange that that's not on this card, and that's mm. not the Hell in a Cell match since that's been a feud that's actually been around since before Mania, and it's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna do Roman and Ray in Hell in a Cell, like you said, like it's unnecessary. Like this has been a feud that's been going on for just a couple of weeks now. It doesn't, but. That's the theme of the pay per view, right? You got to have a hell in a cell match, yeah. which has been the issue with this thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's the money in the bank direction. I'm not really sure because I didn't think Rey Mysterio was going to be the direction yeah. for Roman Reigns. So the fact that they did this now, like, I don't know what the direction is for Roman with money in the bank, especially if you're going Cena at SummerSlam. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to do Cesaro, Roman, and Seth at Money in the Bank, and then you're doing a Cena, then you're going back to Seth? Uh, I, I think like you would go, I think you would go Cesaro and Seth at the next one, Cena at SummerSlam, and then at SummerSlam you, you do the stipulation blow-off to Seth and Cesaro. And Cesaro. And my you're, gonna, you're going Seth and Cesaro all the way to SummerSlam. I mean, we both know, like, they've done far more. Yeah, far yeah. More in, like, I'm not saying I would do this, Right. I'm just, I feel like they've always intended for Seth to be a big match for Roman. So, like, I'm seeing a, some sort of Cesaro write off where you sort of soften Seth's heel. I don't know. So, I don't, you know, I don't watch the television, right? So, I haven't actually seen the segments. It seems like they've gone like a completely different direction with Cesaro and Seth, where it's like back to being funny stuff. Like with Bailey, right? I, yeah, that was, I don't know about that. Everyone just laughs in WWE. Like, I told you this when when Bailey first laughed. I was like, they're just going to turn, they're going to run this thing into the ground, yeah. and that's what they did. And now Seth doing it like that segment was 
I don't know about that segment. And it was it was awkward. What do we think? Ray Callahan mentions it in the chat. Roman becomes a solo tag team champion. So what if we do? Oh no! We do. They love this, right? This kind of stuff. You do uh, Roman against Dom and Ray at Money in the Bank. Roman wins, gets the titles, gifts the titles to the Usos, and be like, you know, I. I won these for you. You needed me to win these for you and everything. And he, he like holds that over their head in a yeah. gaslighting kind of way. What do we think of this? And, and ideally one of the Usos is like, no, right. You would probably do that kind of deal. Um, yeah. I'd have to see what the match looks like. You know, I think everyone knows it's not my thing. Cause like, why would it be? But I, you know, if you do it the right way, if there's some shenanigans, it is Dom who is represented as a rookie. Sure. I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm not going to You don't even have to do shenanigans. Just have Roman double stack both of these guys and pin <laughs> them just, and take the titles. Like, Those the tag belts is, are meaningless, Joseph. Don't exactly. act like the, the tag team agree. belts are like actually worth something. No, I agree. That's what I mean. Like, if I was being, I could be dramatic and like, you know, no, because tag, you know, too great. It's just it doesn't mean anything. So sure. Why? I mean, I. I think SmackDown actually has like the chance to have a good tag division, but it, like it's not going to happen. So, like, sure, just do that. <laughs> like, it's, no, it's not going to happen. They, they, yeah, they don't care like, enough. Like, I'm with you. Is this what you really want to do? Like, is present the titles in this way? Ideally, no. But this is how they always present the titles. So, yes. who cares? Just use them as a vehicle to progress other things. It is interesting that SmackDown is very much, and again, outside looking in here because I'm not watching it closely, but it's about as close as wrestling TV has gotten in recent years to actual television. And I don't mean that as a better or as a compliment or a criticism. What I mean is like, it's very much here are the main characters of this television show. You will see them for 30 minutes every single week. That's not criticism, but like increasingly, and you've probably seen as you know, yourself, Jeremy, like that's not really the norm anymore, you know, because with, with the modern style, you have NXT kind of doing it. AEW especially does it where it's just like, here's your match card rotating no man smackdown i love roman you love roman if you don't like roman that's probably a slog of a show he's on that thing a lot and i like that i'm for it but that makes the tag title thing more probably kind of you know feasible to me is like it is very much a tv show and that would be a good plot device which is what they see the belts as i'm not gonna get mad about it it's been that way for the longest so fine whatever drew mcintyre against bobby lashley excited for this one joseph i'm not sure we've ever seen this match before it's just, I love Bob. The the ability to make me care so little about Bob is very sad because I don't I don't really want to see him wrestle anymore, which is a shame. I'm sure the match will be good. All their matches have been good, but it's like there should be more meat on the bone than that, shouldn't there? You know, this is a title match. There should be a sort of energy to it. I think there's an intrigue in terms of the result. I don't know if you agree with that, Jeremy. I think there is some interest in terms of who's yes, going to win. There is. Um, so we can get into that maybe, but like. Attraction-wise, it's very much a modern WWE. The match will be good. You kind of shrug your shoulders at the at the, the rest of the package. I, I think the match will be good. I think I personally think Drew's winning, which I know is kind of a hot take. What do you think? I I think Drew's winning too. Yeah, I'm a little I, I'm torn because you're right. There's intrigue in this, and it seems like they've soured on Drew, right? Like if they wanted to give him a moment with the title, they would have just done it at Mania. Mm-hmm. My issue 
now with Lashley is like, I don't think Drew's win feels as big one because it's, it's in the Thunderdome. Never mind that it's, uh, you know, Hell in a Cell Thunderdome and everything. But like, they were doing so well with Lashley. And then they had him fall victim to the stupid distraction roll up finish uh, with Kofi. And then he got pinned in a six man on Raw. Yeah. Like, what? I, I don't get it. Like, you couldn't have pinned AJ. I know you, you probably don't want to pin almost, or, you know, just like don't book that match. You, that's always an option. Or have Lashley beat one of the Viking Raiders because fuck, who cares if Eric or Ivar gets pinned by Lashley? But like, you, you just have Lashley take these unnecessary losses. this past uh, month or so. And then, so if Drew beats him, it doesn't feel as big. This would have felt like more of a conquering win for Drew if Lashley doesn't have those losses. So I think it's worth fantasy booking a little bit and trying to plot this out because Raw is so barren of like top stars that you can really like look into it and be like, where are they going? And have no, you know, it's, it's difficult. I think with Drew... Again, not watching closely, it feels like the perception has shifted increasingly to the direction that I've been living at for about a year now, which is a, a tremendous pro wrestler, a decent promo, great look. He is not the personality to build a show around, which, again, they do things a certain way. The main baby face is on that show 30 minutes every single week, minimum. I think it's, I think it's personal. I think it's kind of worn on Drew, public perception-wise. I think people are a little bit tired. From what I can gather, people are a little bit tired. Does that have any influence on their booking? I don't think so. So so I guess now we're getting to where are we going with, at SummerSlam? Where yeah. can we go? Is it probably better? Because there's not many options here. I think a tick for Bob is if we think they're getting Brock Lesnar, then you would suggest it's Bob. Now, that, you know, that's complete speculation. Yeah. But what is Drew's match at SummerSlam? See, that's the thing. Like, Drew, I, you could still do the Brock Lesnar thing. Like... Brock hasn't right. been seen since Drew beat him. So here comes Brock back to get his rematch or whatever. Like you can do that story. Um, like Brock seems to be the best option for both men. Yeah. We take Brock off of the table and like, you just look at the raw roster and it's like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Unless you're doing like a money in the bank cash in Cesaro. Um, Cesaro, C- Cesaro. I think, I think Damien priest is someone to look out for because they've, kept him off of television uh, since since WrestleMania Backlash. And usually when they keep a guy off of television, it's because they don't know what to do with him. And so they just don't want to beat him. And so then they bring him back and, and put him right into a big title program. That's typically what they end up doing when they keep guys off television. So I think Priest is a guy that could potentially face uh, Lashley at SummerSlam. See, Rice is here, and, and he's probably nailed it. They're probably if they get Brock, they're probably going to just insert him into a triple threat because they like they have that mentality of more the merrier, right? It's a bigger yeah. match now. We've got three mega stars. I think to you and I, our brand goes, "Oh man, give me Bob and Brock one on one. Give me a sprint." Yeah. But I, I know I get it. I I wouldn't go be complaining about it. It would be fine. I mean, I just see them do a triple threat with Braun, which was tremendous. I'm like, bless Braun. We wish him all the best, but he is not Brock Lesnar. Hot take. <laughs> Somewhere Bob O'Neill just, just raised his hat to me. Um, <laughs> what did they bring Rory's, back Braun? Look, it wouldn't surprise me. It really wouldn't. Um, Rory's – I don't want to say it's an interesting show to talk about because it isn't, but it's like – it's such a strange show with so few, like, major players 
it's very difficult to have any idea where they're going, and I don't think they have any clue either. It's sort of they just sort of tread in water and they'll fall where they fall. And on that note, I'll let you transition to it. But the Raw Women's Division is like I remember saying before WrestleMania: try and figure out where they're going. This division could give you a headache. I'm glad to see they have not tried to solve that in the last three months because it's still <laughs> firmly in that territory. I mean, it is again. I'm trying to be positive here. That thing is a mess. No one knows if Rhea's a heel or a babyface. Charlotte's still struggling to find out well, who the character is aside from being a title winner. It's um, it's a well, it's a strange one. I don't know, Jeremy. Where are we on the Raw women? Do I need to do a poll? Is Rhea be a heel or a babyface? No, because <laughs> no, I don't think anyone has a take on that. Everyone's just like, she's a wrestler. <laughs> she's a wrestler. She is. Uh, I I have no idea what they're doing with this. They're they're. Like they're doing this thing with Nikki Cross where she flukes out wins. Like they did it on Monday. It's like, oh, Charlotte got distracted, so she loses by count out to Nikki Cross. And it's like, why? Why are you having your, your challenger on Sunday look stupid mm-hmm. by, by being distracted by Rhea Ripley? Like they, they do this all the time. Like I just talked about with Lashley. Like, stop beating your champions and challengers like this right. like don't do it like actually give them they love to use the word momentum like actually give them some momentum with this stuff but they, they just don't and so like i have no real interest in this charlotte and Rhea match which is a shame because it was a great match last year at wrestlemania and the story is very obvious for this <laughs> match, right yeah. like it seems very obvious of hey Rio was overwhelmed by the moment last year. And so she lost to Charlotte. Charlotte's still, you know, she's still that person. She's the opportunity. But Rhea now, like, she got a WrestleMania win under her belt. She's the Raw Women's Champion at the NXT Women's Champion. Like, she's kind of been there now. And mm-hmm. so you would think her confidence is up as she goes on to face Charlotte. She's not just, uh, you know, overwhelmed by, by everything and the, the personality of Charlotte. But instead, they're doing, oh, can they coexist? Oh, you you looked at me funny, and so I'm distracted by you, and I'm losing these matches that I shouldn't lose. It's stupid. It's very dumb. So now we have to do some dastardly things here. Is Nicola Cross's presence linked to the Fiendess Alexa Bliss? I am. In meaning, not meaning like she's Lily, what I mean is, is she going to somehow come out of this thing with the title and they use her to transition to this Alexa thing? And the reason I say that is unless they're killing it on Sunday, which they could, they could very well kill it at Shane's hands on Sunday because they've just got rid of Lily. But un- unless they're doing that, they clearly have some sort of like, they want to do stuff with this character, right? And look, again, I, everyone knows what I say on it. I hate it. It makes me feel ill. I've got actively angry about it to an embarrassing degree. But... There is an audience for the Alexa stuff. I don't want to get into who the audience is, but it's, it's over in a certain, you know. It's an audience willing to pay $600 for a 30-second video. Bro, like, it sounds like, <laughs> it, I, this may sound like I'm clowning those people. Do we want your money? God bless. She sold, she was the only person that sold them out. Outrageous. I don't know. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to investigate. Send me $600. That's what You're, you should do. With you me. are many things. You are not the fiend there, Alexa. Please. Now, <laughs> let me explain, okay? I can be. No, you can't. No. <laughs> now, here's the thing, okay? Mike, if they do have big plans for it, I do think there's a chance that someone has said, we do not want to have this character beat the Queen Charlotte Flair. We don't even really want to have this character beat the Nightmare Rhea Ripley. Nicola Cross, however, 
she's the perfect lamb to the slaughter. That's the only thing I can kind of piece together because it feels like in, you don't do all of this Alexa stuff. Akashama gal. <laughs> you don't do all of this. <laughs> can I ban him? I think I can ban him. Hold on. I've been trying to get a gift for that guy and it's not coming together. So I'm glad. Right, I just put him in timeout for you. So anyway, okay. So it seems like they've invested so much time in the Alexa character. She closes, she opens up Raw and all this shit. They must, I don't want to say end game because I know they don't have an end game for anything. They must have like some idea of including it at a major level. They have to. I, I know, Jeremy, I know I'm putting too much faith in their planet, but like she's clearly factored in in some way. Do you not agree? I mean, she's factored in in some way. I think that here's my idea, and it's probably going to be completely wrong because again, they have no idea what they're doing. I think we get a fiend return uh, this Sunday mm. to, to do something with Alexa because this is the last pay per view in the Thunderdome. <laughs> So this is their last pay-per-view chance to do some magic shit and whatnot. Some some smoke and mirrors, some pre-tape stuff before you're doing pay-per-views in front of a live audience again. So I think we get a Fiend return on on Sunday to do whatever he's going to do with Alexa. I have no idea where they're going with any of this. They probably have no idea where they're right. going. But I, I think we get some sort of shenanigans. Because I don't know what this Alexa Bliss-Shayna Baszler match is going to be. I didn't even know it was going to be a match. I just thought it was going to be like some confrontation or something. And maybe that's still what it's going to be. I think Shane is going to look foolish when, you know, she tries to do her striking and Alexa is Anderson Silva all over the place and bobbing and weaving and whatnot. But I think they're going to do some dumb shit in this match. And I think the Fiend's going to be involved. It's, it feels like one of two things, you know, Fiend decide for a minute. It feels like either the last cinematic match and in that world, people can lie. I'm telling you, in that world, I wouldn't even be surprised if it closes the show. And they do some sort of epic sort of, you know. Nah, Roman's closed. Well, I'm Roman opened last year, so maybe, it, maybe you're right. I'm not saying it will. I'm just saying it wouldn't surprise me. You know, like them doing some sort of goofy cinematic thing. Yeah. Because I remember Braun and Bray closed it when, like, no one give a shit about that feud. They was the cinematic match. They closed it a year ago, whatever paper that was. I, I think it's either a the cinematic match. show at Extreme Rules. Thank you. I mean, it's either a cinematic match or Alexa is about to unveil some sort of like, you know, we've talked about this for the longest time. I can't believe I'm still doing it. Some sort of grand themed, you know, presentation. It seems like Lily is actually dead, which fucking rules, by the way. You know, they're just like, the doll, I don't like it. Fine. Alexa, you have no doll. Okay. You know? Do you really think that Lily is just like... I do. I honestly do. I I genuinely don't think you'll ever see Lily. There's no way. There's no way Lily is just dead. She's in timeout, Joseph. You don't die from going timeout. I genuinely think someone in creative was like, how are we going to do all this Lily shit when we're back in arenas? And they'll go, oh, when are we going back to arenas? Like two weeks? Okay, we'll get rid of Lily. Fine. Like, I don't think they, you know, I don't think they think See, about this is, this is why I think you bring the Fiend back on, on Sunday and then maybe the Fiend because you still got a couple of weeks of tape television where you can do some of this shit. And then the fiend kills Lily. I don't, you can't just put the doll in timeout and that's the end of her. Of course you can. No. They do stuff like that all the time. You need an actual like killing. Like you need the doll to like burn or something. Know. Like that's what it needs okay, to be. Look. The doll, it needs to be like, are you the one where it, this is a reference no one's going to get, but they take the, they take the little stuffed animal and they toss it in the fire and burn it. And then like the whole Thunderdome goes down with That'd it. Be good. Yeah. yeah. Like the whole place just goes up a, in fire. 
This and then Denise's alarm goes off uh, during all of this as well. Just tie everything together. Okay, look, let's be real about this. For our content, we've been waiting long enough. We need the mask this weekend. We need the, We need some sort of mask. We, we can get a lot of mileage out of a fiend mask on the Alexa Bliss. That sounds fun. You know, you know how many bits I'm doing? If right. we fiend what Alexa do we think? They would, would they go like a like the like an Undertaker style, that one when he had the fucked up face where it's like half of the, you know, like covers half the face? How would they do it, do you think? It's Trump. Oh, what yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be something extravagant. The, dude, that yeah. fiend mask is like super, super extravagant. Dude, like you dude, gotta do I something agree. like that. We're moving on up this, I promise. But you just told me that you have to do these like you have to finish the arcs. Yeah. You never ever forget when that <laughs> poor dude, that poor dude, um that's a good point. AP's correct. Kofi is probably next for Bob. I don't know if he's a SummerSlam match, but that is a good point. That does seem like a setting up. Good call. Now, uh, what was we talking about? Yes. Never forget when the poor guy designed that mask where it was all burnt. And then at WrestleMania, he just was unburned in like a toy. <laughs> Never, and that was purely just to be like, we got the toy. We can make the toy now. He, he did it. He wore it once. We can make the toy. That was like me when I taped my face and I just took the tape off and like, eh, right. never see it again. <laughs> it's great. I, I, I honestly think I, I'm God, I can't believe we still talk about this shit. I really tried to stop, but I'm in a better place. Like, I, I want to get this. It's like the Sixers. I want to tackle these things that are help, hanging deep in my mind, you know? And it's like, I don't like to dunk on it because there's an audience for it. You know, it's wrestling, right? All of this stuff is dumb, right, Jeremy? Like, the stuff that you and I think is the most pure, beautiful wrestling is still dumb. It's fake fighting. I feel like there's levels to that, but, you know, there's levels to it, but it's still, it's dumb. So I don't, I don't like dunking on it. It's just... I just think it's it's in, it goes under the radar of just quite how bonkers it all is in a way that sounds hilarious because everyone agrees it's insane. But it's like think about what I just said. He came back burned and then just unburned himself, and no one even batted an eyelid because by the time WrestleMania was finished, that was like the fifth least crazy thing that Bray did. I don't know, man. Bray has literally just had his gimmick taken and given to someone that he invited in his own universe, and no one even talks about it. I don't know what's going on. That's what I'm saying. They don't either. They have no idea. If people, my point is, if people still give a shit, they would realize how funny some of this stuff is because it is very funny. It's the best thing on WWE television. Oh. I don't watch it, but Come on it's now. fantastic. Come people, on now. Want, people are like, "Oh, Paul Heyman and Roman are just f- pulling faces, and nothing happens." Shit happens in this feud. Is it, it doesn't. Good? Though. It doesn't. Alexa <laughs> just like set fire off for like three months. I swear, bro. That's fine. Listen, I I just make that cameo money. For twenty second videos and like, just I salute that. That's some Kevin Nash shit. Oh wow! Taxel says you need a Rowan Spider moment. Yeah, they just stomped on the spider and it's like, all right, it's dead now. Cool. Like you got to do something. It can't just be ah, you're in timeout. The fiend, the fiend is going to return on Sunday, <laughs> and he's gonna have the doll. This is how it's gonna play. He's gonna have the doll okay. in his possession, Joseph, and mm-hmm. that's gonna cause uh, Alexa to lose by roll up. The same way the fiend, yeah, they're gonna do distraction roll up. They love it. Uh, the same way the fiend lost at WrestleMania. I guess he at least got hit with one RKO. I don't know what Shayna's finisher is because she's like never hit it. It's just she's always getting pinned. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's gonna lose by roll up because the fiend has the doll, and then the next night on Raw, he's going to he's going to send uh, he's gonna set the doll on fire. And the whole Thunderdome's gonna go on fire. I know they got still weeks of television oh, left after I'm this. For it. They're gonna do they're gonna tape the shows, I don't know, from a parking lot or something. What about the Capital Wrestling Center? There you go. Let's do Raw in the Capital Wrestling Center. 
I, I must admit, you know, oh you just mentioned fucking god. What? What's happened? Go ahead, continue. There's something terrible happened, Jeremy. I'm very scared. Is it Bob O'Neill? Continue. Okay, I do want to say that your point there about the Shayna Baszler it is relevant, right? Like, as goofy as this shit is. Let's not like dunk on ourselves even more and pretend Shane was. If she didn't fall into this feud, she'd be main eventing shows now. Like they've killed her already. Bless her. She's. A, it's been. She. You know that team with Shane with Nia. So it was just an excuse for her to get pinned on TV every week. But uh, you seem distracted by saying that seems very scary. So I'll, I don't want to talk about wrestling. I'm worried. No, no. Anything else? Uh, Bianca and Bailey. That's like the one match we didn't really touch on. I hope that they can. The last match I thought was very, very good. I hope they build on it a little bit of an extension to it, and they'll they'll probably have a. I don't want to say a classic on their hands that puts a lot of pressure on them, but they should have a great match, right? They really should. I don't know what's next for Bianca, and I hope that they're not so worried about it. They extend the feud too far, but I haven't watched any angles, so I'm still excited for the match, which is probably I mean, a, Sa- a plus. Sasha's, Sasha's coming back when when crowds return. No, Mandalorian. Mandalorian's <laughs> just like <laughs> Sasha's coming back, so I'm I figure they'll just run back. Sasha and Bianca, which is fine. Like, yeah, man. great match yeah. WrestleMania. I, I think they just run that back at SummerSlam. Honestly, I don't know where Bailey goes. Maybe Bailey gets money in the bank, but she like she doesn't really need it. They they no. they'll have no clue what to do with Bailey after this feud because they had no clue what to do with Bailey after she lost the title. Maybe she could feud with Lily. <laughs> Joseph, I'm scared. Okay. Oh no. History part of Oh, God, why do we do this to ourselves? Every Look at his shoulders just bobbing up and down as he chuckles. Wow. Bob, how are you? He's muted. His mic is muted. He's muted. He's fucking He's giving up. He took his gimmick off like Kane at the crown jewel of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Try, no, no, no. try again here we go here we go here we go retake reshoot <laughs> yeah we'll we'll edit that out we're fine we're live pal <laughs> i don't think it sounds very good either i should, probably shouldn't wear this it, it looks sounds, really tight bro. normal it, it doesn't look comfortable. It looks very, no, very tall on your head. Yeah, no, it's, it's bad. But, you know, you guys were talking about The Fiend. I had to uh, bust it out. <laughs> it looked like it was pulling your head so tight. Your hair was all, like, pushing up. It was no, it, it doesn't fit right, but that also might just be my head size. Maybe. Yeah, you do yeah. have a large head, O'Neal. <laughs> um, what's up, guys? You I don't know, you're here to talk about nothing from what I understand. No, I have a couple things about uh, the soccer, so... Alright, let, let's play the intro again, and then we'll start the clock. History part of yeah, so uh, Euro's been pretty good so far. Joseph, I don't know that you've uh, been following. Uh, you've been offline for a few days. Um, you know, Denmark looks good right now. They scored a goal earlier when we were uh, doing our nonsense. I missed it. That was unfortunate, but they look good. Um, Italy's looked very good. France looks good. Uh, Hang on, no, no, stop, no, stop. <laughs> right. No, Bob, listen, we're friends. You are not running through the whole lineup of teams being like, they look good, they don't look good. You've got to do something with some color. I let you do some crazy shit on the show. I let you just stand with your action figures. I've, done, I've just sat quietly. You cannot do that, Bob. I'm sorry. I'm breaking down the field, man. Okay, just, just pick out the highlights at least. Um, haven't watched England yet. They are my pick to win. I'm sure that'll go well. 
Um, but yeah, you know, kind of switching gears here, there's been a lot of talk about, uh, you know, baby faces and heels on this show. And can I just share a point real quick with regards to that? <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. So we no longer live in a world of black and white. Rather, the canvas has become a landscape of muted grays where good is indistinguishable from evil and renegades will see the heroes embrace. So you got to keep that in mind. When you're talking about, you know, is Karrion Cross a babyface or heel? Is, you know, Rhea Ripley a babyface or heel? You know, it's it's not, there's shades of gray, you know? Yeah. So who would you say, like, because I feel like they're not renegades that receive it. I mean, I look, I watch TakeOver closely. I feel like Karrion Cross did not receive a hero's embrace on something. <laughs> yeah. um, who's a good example? Yeah, no, um, that it, it does kind of fall apart when you get to that point. Um, but, you know, you just go with it. It's fine, you know? Okay. Um, and then, you know, you talked about Braun Strowman is not Brock Lesnar. That's correct. I appreciated yes. that. Um, they are very different. Uh, what well, do we got a minute left? Um, well, that was the whole point on that. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I don't, what, what else do you want me to say about that? You, they are not the same. I have a question for you, Bob. You're wearing a revival shirt. Yes. It's formerly known as revival FTR now. How many walls did you punch a hole through when you realized they are not on the 50-person poster for the New York City event that AEW is running? How upset were you about that? It was a little strange. Like, I would include them. You know, you got, like, I I didn't memorize the poster, but you got a lot of people on there, you know. (laughs) You know, big shows on there, and he he doesn't even wrestle. He might by then, though. I mean, they'd have also, by then, they'd have signed the American Dragon, Daniel Brian Danielson. They'd have signed uh, Samoa Joe's still going there, I think, right, Jeremy? That's happening. They'd have, they'd, the poster will get changed again. Maybe they'll go on there. I do have a question for you, Bob. You're the football expert here, correspondent. It seems a little bit odd that you've watched every team in the tournament but the one that you're picking to win it. Um, <laughs> is, that a, is that a thing you usually do? Or well, the no, here's the thing about that is they played, um, I think their first game was Sunday at 8 a.m. my time, and, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to get up and I, I watch the games during the weekdays cause I'm at work right. and I need something to watch, but I'm not going to get up on the weekends at 8am and watch. What do you think of the quality? That was the worst segment we've ever done. I think to be honest, that was one of his best ones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, that doesn't mean it was good. I just think it, was one of his, you know, it could have been, if I'd have just let him roll that dice that he was going on, it would have been something else. And England, I haven't seen them. Finland, they look pretty good. Well, Denmark, they were okay. Like he was just going through the whole lineup. It was incredible. But that was the Bob O'Neill. Do we play the outro? Do we do it as an outro too? Do we go Bob O'Neill corner three? Do you do that or not? History pilot. Much better. Puts a cap on, and then we can all you know because I feel like people scan their YouTube videos and like you know they see the previews. Like there's the Bob intro. There's the outro. <laughs> 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 Various outside said I wanted to talk football. That's all we had. <laughs> Listen, he, he may have said a few more teams look pretty good. There was not much nuance on coming there, unfortunately. I um, like that he was just gonna run down the whole list. Yeah, they're good. They're they're not good. They're good. Do you uh, think you would have said any of them wasn't good? Because I got the sense he was just gonna go pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what he was gonna do. That's the beauty of the corner three. He tells it. I have no idea what we're doing. Like it's like okay, Bob. Like it's, I mean, it will be what it will be. Cliff said, I still don't get this bit, nor do I. <laughs> do I have any more okay. wrestling to talk about? Um, no. you're, you're all elite fleet. Elite, all elite fleet, right? What was your Twitter handle last All night? elite fleet loyalist. Yeah, all elite fleet loyalist. Excited <laughs> for the show. Big MMA cage match. 
on the show tomorrow Dude, night, Joseph. Wardlow murdered a man on Elevate. Did you see crazy. that? Yeah, that was awesome. Oh, that was not honestly. I am I am very excited about the um the the upcoming like schedule. Like this week feels like the last kind of stopgap to me. Because then next week we're live on Saturday, right, for the Jungle Boy match. Then you yeah. go back to Wednesday for the last day of this place show, I believe. Yeah. Then you're touring. And listen, man, they're doing special events. They're doing, like, you know, Fire Fest, Fight with the Fall and all that stuff. Road Rager and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that roster is built a certain way where you can do. I'm telling Jeremy, this is a high expectation, I know. That could be a historic month of wrestling television. They yes. could do for borderline supercars. They've got a hundred people. <laughs> they could do some crazy stuff because you could also overlap with guys. So it's like July could be, people may leave July. I don't know if the viewership will do this because I think wrestling viewership is what it is. People may leave July thinking about AEW in a different way. I really believe it could be something spectacular. I hope so anyway. I definitely think when they start touring again, which starts in July, like they're going to come out. They, they clearly have plans to come out like really strong by doing just four straight specials, right? Like they're going to come out and they're going to hit big matches and they're going to blow off some feuds. Um, but the AEW TV was great before the pandemic started and they were, they were about to do big stuff with big debuts. They're about to do blood and guts and everything. I think they the crowds are going to be very hot. They always are with AEW. Uh, I'm with you. I think you're going to come out of July looking at that AEW television and be like, this is this is some peak wrestling stuff right here. They've, and they've added so much talent, right? Yes. I mean, it's – I know I'm the guy that would say this. Obviously, I'm biased. But, like, my mind keeps going back to that Eddie Kingston double or nothing reaction. It's like, look, he's obviously an outline. Not everyone's going to get received that way. He's never done a touring dynamite. I mean, some no. of these guys are going <clears> to <throat> be received in a way that we can't – and guys that were even there, like a Moxley when he's back. People just be so happy to see him again. It's it's gonna be special. Um, what do you guys think they'll do for title matches? So I think so. Kenny's defending next week, right? Which means if he's gonna defend in July, it will be one of the later ones, right? I think, fight, fight, <clears throat> I think fight for the fallen, the last one, yeah. right? Yeah. Do we think that's a Kingston spot? It feels like because he's still linked with those guys, or is it Kazarian? Which one do we think is more likely? Oh, Kazarian is good. It could yeah. definitely be Kazarian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be an Eddie spot quite yet because right. I, I honestly think they want to like extend that a little bit Maybe. more, and it already it already feels like it's extended. But Kazarian Kazarian's a good call. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's Omega. Right? I mean, I, people can be critical of him as a, as a character and all that good stuff, but you can basically put him in there with you and I, and it will be it's probably going to be a good TV main event, right? Yeah. I don't know about me. You could do, I mean, you could do some incredible <laughs> stuff, and but anyway, I, I think. I think that's one. I think you're going to get a couple Miro matches on those Julys. One of them may not oh, main yeah. event, the other one will. I think. I do wonder what the payoff is to the Dark Order Miro stuff. Do you have a sense on that? Do you think 10? Do you think John Silver? Or do you just think there is no payoff? It's just it's a story they're telling. Or Hangman will do it, maybe. Maybe Hangman's not going to Omega. I don't know. It's hard to say. That would be – it wouldn't be a pivot because it's not like – they they've planted seeds for Hangman Omega, but it's not like they've really like completely followed right. up on those seeds or anything. It's just it's just a lot of speculation from fans of like, oh yeah, Hangman makes sense here. Mm-hmm. Maybe right though, maybe Hangman is kind of like the guy who steps up for Dark Order after Mira runs through all these guys, and and he gets the TV title and not the world title. 
Now that that's interesting because then that opens up a completely different route for the world title than any of us had ever conceived. Yeah. And that's when I think a guy like Kingston becomes interesting. When you look at the New York show, then you look at a guy like Andrade and you say, well, holy shit, that now suddenly there's vacancies here. Like the, the timeline changes because Dude, you're spot on. Like the, the, let's be honest about it. Most of the hangman talk is us guys just looking ahead. Yeah. On television, they've really seldom interacted since the feud they had in November. And but that wasn't even a feud. That was just over the tournament final. Like, you know, they split up and it was kind of they did the match, they left it. I, I think as a fan, much I love Kingston and these other guys, I think Hangman winning the title is the play. They've got so many options now. And and so for example, you know, Riley here says Kenny and Christian to main event the first rampage. I mean, that's a mega match, right? I mean, Christian, I know he's not like, you know, he's not a tr- a, an outstanding megastar, but like, it's a big match, him and Omega. It's a dream match of sorts. They've got so much they can do here, and I'm all for patience. I think patient booking is one of AEW's greatest strengths, but they, they have to make the most of this roster because you are paying world-class talent. Let them be world-class talent. I love multi-man tags. They protect guys, right? So you've got to just do some of these matches, man. I mean, we're, we're a year into Kingston's run. I feel like I've seen him work like three singles matches. That's fine. I appreciate it. <laughs> but you've got a roster now where you can start. Maybe don't go Nitro level where you're just pulling names out of a hat. Going, what we, but you can start accelerating a little bit. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it has to be one or the other where it's like we're doing the same match every week or we protect everything. To me, they can. it'll be interesting. That's all I'm saying is we'll see with the specials. It'll be interesting to see, Jeremy, if it's mostly multi-mans or the return to touring leads to these kind of big marquee singles matches. I think all, there's a lot of different options on the table. You've also got to remember they have Braun coming in uh, in September. Yeah, Daniel and, Bryan. Yeah. yeah. Brian Daniels. I don't, think, I don't think they can use Daniel Bryan. Nikki Bella. <laughs> Free Bella. I thought you were about to say Nikki Cross. Oh, I, I wish. That'd be great. You know? <laughs> I mean, Braun's... Braun's coming in, Alistair's coming in, so like mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna have more additions made to this roster. Orange Cassidy is a great that's, that's spot. Orange yeah, Cassidy guy. will probably be the July because they're like doing that thing where he got yeah. robbed. So look, I think I've done this before, but I don't care. You know, people think what they think. I changed my Twitter to all elite fleet loyalists last night. I'm not really <laughs> not really seeking any kind of unbiased merits here. I, I do want to say. I, you know, I look at that photo they did with the Forbes story where it's like all these weird wrestlers in one roster and Tony Khan's in the middle of them. And it's just such a weird, what a weird promotion. What, I mean, a, what a fantastic photo yes. that yes. was. But you just, I, I tweeted it, but like you go to the corner, Vanessa Bond, good shout, Riley. Uh, you go to the corner and it's like, man, Paul White and Eddie Kingston are on this roster. How bizarre is this place? This is a strange place. When you see stuff like that and then the next day you see them announce they're running that venue, I'm sorry, man. I, you can call me a you know a great big fucking mark. You can call me a loser, a loyalist, all of the above. Mark the checks clear. Doesn't matter. It's cool that this exists, man. It's a real. It's a, It's an actual major league promotion that isn't WWE. Like there was a, only a few years ago, the closest thing we had to this was NXT, which is still WWE. You know, like <laughs> this is cool. I mean, I don't know how many tickets they're going to sell. Obviously, I hope they sell a lot. Brother, they're doing that's some nitro shit. I mean, Bischoff was bold. Yeah. TK's starting to get out of hand. I mean, he's booking tennis coffee. The guy's out of control. But I, it's exciting for me. Like, I'm excited to just see what they do because they have so much talent I enjoy watching. That as a fan, that's the most sort of authentic fan experience I still have at this point. The All Elite Fleet. See, I love that 
I think they do too many dynamite specials and I do think they'll cut down on that. And then of course, July, it's all dynamite specials. Uh, I think they'll (laughs) cut down on that once they, they start doing the quarterly specials and stuff. But I do love that. Like with those themes comes a different set and everything, just aesthetic stuff like that to take, you know, take viewers to a different place is great because the WWE set, it's all the same every single time. Right. And it just Mm -hmm. gets, all right, I'm looking at the same thing. It was, it was much like this with UFC It's like UFC, runs all these venues like they ran madison square garden and they made this big deal out of it oh it's like msg msg and it's like it looks the same as any arena that they run for any show and it just like uh like that's why i do like about AEW is like daily's place has a different setting and it was very noticeable Mm -hmm. when they weren't running it every week um that's a different setting they do different sets for these specials they're gonna run a tennis court they're gonna they're gonna find a way to make that look special you know, they're, they're running, they're running the outdoor venues. They're running stuff on like cruise ships and everything. That's just cool. Right. It, it adds something as a viewer of like, Hey, this is different. This isn't the same mm-hmm. mundane thing that I see every single week. It creates these kind of, maybe this is too strong word, but I'm going to use it. I'm in a good mood. It creates these magical moments where yeah. I remember these things. So like, for example, when the tag type was changed on the cruise, I will always remember that as the cruise show because it looked so different. Yeah. And I think it's a credit to AEW. They announced this venue. And you know this, Jeremy, you do the news round. Venue announcements in wrestling have not been a big thing for it. I mean, it's not like WWE announced a new venue every week, right? They're doing TV here. As you just said, we know it will look like Raw does every week. They announced this New York venue, and it's going to be cool, obviously, because it's different. How much fantasy booking did you see just based on that? Right. I saw like, you know, um, Santana and Ortiz win the tag talk. What if Kingston works Miro? Kingston Omega, Omega gets heat. Of the... And it's like, that's the beauty of giving, as you just said, giving the different settings and identity and allowing them to be themselves. It creates us as fans going, imagine Eddie Kingston coming out in that venue. Imagine Santana and Ortiz. Imagine, you know, and, and another one which makes us all, I think, kind of, you know, um, grimace a bit because it's just it's, it's a horrible football. Like the Rochester show, that will have it. You will never forget that show when they go to Rochester. It will be a moment, right? When the Dark Order come out, yeah. Because those shows, each show is it, it has that identity of where it is and what that means for the roster. Who's you know related to that you know, that setting? What have they done there? Well, I think it's a big bonus. Now, is it a bonus in terms of growing the promotion and making it mainstream or casual friendly? Maybe not. Probably not. So you and I, though, that watch the product, man, does it add a nice new wrinkle every week. That each week you kind of go, oh, we're hit. this is where they're at. This is going to be fun. I think, it's, I think it's tremendous. Again, I don't think that product's perfect or anything close to it. Man, is it fun, though. And I'm really thankful it exists. I really am. It's, a, it's just such a wacky, bonkers wrestling promotion that is also, like, sort of competent, but then does, like, a day-long tease for replica belts. Just awesome, you know they do. They're all over the place, Jim. I don't know. The guy's crazy, crazy. He's in Forbes. He's doing photo shoots with his sunglasses tilted like the Rock in 1999. It gets me fired up as a fan. It gets me fired up. I need that. It's great. I will be very excited when Dynamite is off of Fridays. They these Friday shows, yeah, like they they lack the energy that obviously right. the Wednesday shows are going to have because they're either taping live at 10 o'clock on Friday and. I think Rampage could fall victim to this on the live mm-hmm. shows as well. Um, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to get up for wrestling at, at like ten. It's only an hour show, but I'll be happy when they're back on Wednesdays, and I'll definitely be happy when they're back to touring. Same with WWE. I've, I've missed fans. Like now that fans are returning everywhere, like you, yeah. it, it's been so great to watch. Like it's 
It's been great it's to hear these reactions. Yeah, it is. Like, look, I, you and I have our issues with WWE product. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to a point where I watch every TV. I'm way likelier to do so in front of actual fans. You know, uh, it's it's been a long, <laughs> it's been a long wait for this, Jeremy. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again before we get out of here. I vividly remember me saying to you. Man, like maybe they'll do Mania and take a couple months off and like see where the world's at in June or something. And that, you know, it's like, man, we're in June 2021, and it's we're finally starting to see some sense of normalcy back. So we should try our best to enjoy it. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I've not, I've not really explored the details of how safe or not safe it is. And to be quite honest with you, at this point, I don't care. I just want to see these dipshits in the stands again making noise. Man, I've, I've missed it. I'm excited, man. It's just, uh, you know, this last week, because like people may not know, I, don't know, I, I missed Tuesday's show, and I said, Jeremy, I just need, just need like reset a little bit. And like it came to me, I realized, man, I don't need a reset. The wrestling world is just resetting right now. We're getting ready. It's about to be a big couple months. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm very excited because SummerSlam is going to be big too. SummerSlam yes. is going to be a big event. SummerSlam is going to be yeah. huge. So yeah. enjoy the ride, whatever side of it you're on, whatever promotion you enjoy. Try your best to to embrace the good stuff because it's a pretty exciting time hidden within all the filth and sort of sadness. It's pretty exciting. I mean, I'm going to enjoy myself, Jeremy. This was a fun show. This early show was good. We should do this more often. This was fun. <sighs> all right, everybody. We're going to wrap up here. Uh, no Twitch show, at least not immediately. Will I do something at like 4.35 o'clock? I don't know. We'll see how I'm feeling. It's It's been a long week. Last night was a long night, but uh, we, we'll see. We'll see if I decide to get on Twitch and do something. Joseph has an actual life. Uh, of stuff that he doesn't want to do but has to do um, <laughs> uh so so we'll see you on twitch uh guys go over to fight select subscribe there you can also subscribe to the distraction patreon patreon.com slash the distraction uh my weekly nwa power reviews joseph is always writing about wrestling he does another show with o'neill where o'neill actually adds something to those shows i think i don't watch them um get distraction exclusives all kind of all kind of fun stuff over there. And it's only a dollar. You can pay more if you want, but it's only a dollar. Um, Twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. We will have, even if I don't stream something later on, we will have the Impact Watch Along tonight. It is uh, Joel Pearl, Steven Jensen. I don't know who their third person is. Uh, maybe Joel's in the chat still and he will tell me. I don't know who it is, though. I'm apparently doing some draft gimmick at 8.30. Uh, Louis Dangor is part of it. It's It's a... I don't know the full details about it yet. If I did, uh, I, I would let everyone know, and I'd let you know if it was live, if it's taped. I don't know the full details. Uh, when I do, you can go to my Twitter and, and check it out, and I'll make sure to, to clue everybody in. Um, what else? I think that's everything. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll be back next week. Go to Fightful.com. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a thumbs up. We'll talk to everybody later on. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.